maybe you have entered Jabba's palace for the first time and you realize that it has been converted to a boba shop. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rupalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender of the week is the greater galactic Obi-Wan polycule. Um, Obi-Wan is one of the most shippable characters. He he deserves a lot of love, and he has gotten a lot of love, and I don't think that that's exclusive. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Ollie Fresh with a PH. Um, and my gender is kind of related because my gender is fruit magnet Anakin Skywalker. That man, every single person around that man is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I do believe that uh, <laughs> he is an overzealous ally to the point where it's annoying. So I do believe there's a point where Cody is like, oh my God, here comes <laughs> here comes General Hetty here to ruin the day. He's like, oh, Rex, so sorry you have to work with General Hetty all the time. I love the idea of Anakin coming over the intercom and being up of the whole fucking ship and being like, hello, LGBTQ community. I absolutely, I imagine <laughs> he's, he meets, he's like, oh my God, yes, queen, go off, slay. And Obi-Wan's like, don't ever say any of those words again. Anakin I'm a is your great friend that's like trying to educate everybody about what <laughs> LGBT means, but he's wrong about all of them. I just imagine him saying Yas Queen Slay, but as Vader over the... Oh my God. No! <laughs> he's very no. supportive even as Vader. Hey, so, Claudia, um, you can't spoil Thrawn alliances like that when Noah hasn't read the book. <laughs> um, so, my name is Mel... I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Um, and I am GSA um, teacher sponsor Obi-Wan because he has that vibe. I think also he's one of those people who the students are like, is he can, Is he just a really enthusiastic ally or is he like, you know, one, one of us? I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Lego Obi-Wan Kenobi's fruity little picture. <laughs> of him and Cody. For context, the new trailer for the Lego Star Wars game just dropped and one of like the first frames in that trailer is an Obi-Wan sand hut on Tatooine and he does have a framed photo of him and Cody drinking together and it's everything to me. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio and my gender this week is actually general heady so oh my god we match i, I love do love that inspected the minds of this podcast <laughs> what is star wars if not obi-wan being queer persevering like god this is our first episode post bad batch and if you can't tell while this has always been a queer podcast we are taking the time for this to be our first episode hopefully if many dedicated to queerness and star wars obviously this was not the first time nor the last that we will discuss this but we wanted to take a little bit of time to discuss that so to begin uh let's just go around and what does queerness in star wars mean to you mean to your identity etc for each one of y'all i can go first i have been a star wars fan for you know, a while, I'd say since I was probably a, a baby. Um, 
I the first Star Wars movie that I really remember seeing was Attack of the Clones in 2002. I was a very small child and I remember so clearly the arena scene whenever Obi-Wan's on the screen I was like he's just cool I want what he has and which I now I'm looking back I'm like hmm, that was gender envy <laughs> um so I do think like I think that was the first instance of me ever having that feeling and I think I do still like have it occasionally but I can diagnose it now but I do genuinely believe that Star Wars has played a very deep part in my journey like as a LGBTQ member <laughs> um and I think that like when I see you know, so many gay people and, you know, trans people talking about how important Star Wars is to them. It just makes me happy because I'm like, oh, it's not just me. It's every, we all, you know, something about Star Wars. It's, it's here for us. I mean, it's not sometimes, but we see ourselves in it. And I think that's really cool. So um, I can go next. Fun fact about me. So the first Star Wars movies that I watched, and I do think that I said this before were the prequel movies, like those were coming out when I was a kid. I was introduced to them by a lesbian couple that was a family friend of mine. Powerful. <laughs> and uh, my little gay moment did start happening uh, when I saw Obi-Wan and Jango interact in Attack of the Clones because they looked at each other and I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I like this a lot. And then years later, I'm like, that's because you like men. Uh, I hate to break this to you because <laughs> that whole scene it, and then there's the other scene where Obi-Wan's hair gets all like flustered in the arena scene and I'm like okay um, I might I might be into dudes unfortunately so that movie was an awakening for me on top of that um, I will say that like seeing the the queer fandom that has sprung up around Star Wars I know we complain a lot about the community around these these pieces of media and sometimes a good reason but genuinely like the queer community that I get to interact with because of Star Wars is very fun to be a part of and I do deeply enjoy it and that's I think why I keep like gravitating back towards this. I do like that our first our first all of our genders were Obi-Wan centric and our first two answers to the question of what does queerness in Star Wars mean to you did involve the man himself. Wasn't Obi-Wan Luke's queer elder in the first movie? <laughs> I can't Tashi Station, it's a gay bar. Not Uncle Owen telling Luke he can't go to Tashi Station being slang for stop being gay. Oh, really? Owen, so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Owen Lars, I love you. I'm so sorry, King. I'm so sorry an ugly ass bitch would say that about you. The bitch is me. So I did the first two hosts also said something about Obi-Wan. Um, I have something different. Um, but it is Obi-Wan adjacent. Um, the first moment I, I had gender envy as a child was Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, there was something about seeing the Phantom Menace and seeing that gentleman with long hair and facial hair that I was like, tell me more about that. What's the deal? Like just seeing some, some dude being like, yeah. And like, he's just weirdly crunchy and I was deeply into that. Um, so that, that definitely speaks to me. And I think also there is something that is so inherently queer about Luke Skywalker's journey, um, as like a, a queer coming of age. Um, like I constantly think about, about coming of age in general. And then also just like, because Luke has like this, like, he's kind of, um, I, I, how do I put this? Um, he has this radical softness about him that is very, 
very fruity there there's something about that that makes me me cry every time i think about him looking at the at the the binary sunset and being like i'm finally i'm a i'm a rural gay leaving my hometown and like making something of myself um which is another reason like why i love eli vanto is the same exact thing except for unfortunately that gentleman does join the military industrial complex and that's not very sexy of him um to be fair luke did want to do the same he, thing. Oh, he did <laughs> but he didn't luckily is the thing. luckily, luckily queer older Obi-Wan was there to help. not 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 <laughs> i do like the idea of like uh uh he's like at the, the there's like the army recruiter office and obi-wan is just like fuck off don't don't do it well, I'm like, you know, a more recent Star Wars fan, so I don't have like deep childhood connection. I've said this before, but I guess one like uh, kind of like queer adjacent, well, because all, I was going to say all queer people, but I think just like a lot of queer people, it's not all of them, but like there's a lot of found family in Star Wars. So I do very much um, love that. It's very... <laughs> gay people also trying to find people who like care about them and will love them so like yeah found family is very important to me and the fact that every single star wars has that with the original trilogy like luke finding leia and han and and lando and, and chewie that's their little found family and you know obviously uh general hetty and and obi-wan <laughs> and ahsoka and all the clones and then, of course, Rebels with the Ghost Crew. I love the Ghost Crew so much. The Ghost Crew, none of them, none of them are straight. I just want to say that right now. Period. So, like, I guess that's my whole thing. It's just Star Wars and found family. Oh, also the fucking Bad Batch. What did I forget about them? My mind's trying to purge the Bad Batch out of my system, sorry. Yeah, it has blocked the Bad Batch from their fucking memory. So for me, for those who don't know, I did come out of the closet a little later at, after college. I didn't, I thought I was straight for a very long time. Oh boy. Um, but uh, I have always been a Star Wars fan. I always talk about how I literally don't know who showed me the movies because my family are like Star Trek fans. I, I literally don't know. I did grow up watching the prequels. I do make jokes now going back of being like, mm, I do believe that um, the the combination of Anakin, Padme, and uh, Obi-Wan d- contributed to this. Uh, all of this. Um, but in a practical sense, um, when I was graduating from college was when the sequels and the anthology movies and everything was coming out. And I was not to like drop some personal lore or anything. Um, but I, I was, um, I graduated a little early from college. I moved to New York city by myself. And I believe that was the second time that the clone wars was, um, was on Netflix. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've actually never watched The Clone Wars. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch all of it. I'm depressed, I'm moving here by myself, and um, Star Wars is what I come to for comfort when shit's hard. Um, So I watched all of The Clone Wars. At the time, there was only six seasons. Um, And I watched that in, like, my first year living alone, graduating from college, all that kind of stuff, whatever. So it's, it's been very important to me, and I was also very, very very involved in the newly renewed 
Star Wars fandom online. And I've, for those who know, have been involved in online fandom. It has quite shaped a lot about me for some time. So as I was realizing that, oh, I'm, I'm a queer, um, that's actually when um, Rogue One was coming out. Rogue One is now one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, Rogue One was the first time I ever, like, held a girl's hand. Um, I was at that, was at that fucking movie. I found out Carrie Fisher died when I was on a vacation with my first girlfriend. There's, Star Wars is literally, literally very much tied with, uh, a lot of gay shit in my life. Um... And, you know, and so then, you know, I caught up on Rebels, and then Rebels was airing, a lot of, a lot of stuff was happening. Um, all the characters that I identify with have been a part of my, like, coming out as an adult journey, and have been also tied with all the bad shit that's happened to me <laughs> since then. Um, so it's been, like, intricately tied with my life in that sense. Um, which is why people are like, dear God, what is wrong with you? Um, why is your favorite character Maul? We don't have time to get, unpack all of that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's actually like deeply tied to like shit in my life. Also, Mel, the thing you brought up about, um, the like, the inherent queerness of the Luke staring into the, uh, sunset thing. There's actually somebody who made a comic, um, on Tumblr, it was posted in a, saw a couple other places where they're like, they came out later in life, whatever. They'd always been a Star Wars fan, but they rewatched the original films again after they had come out. Um, and it hit very differently. And I had the same experience. Um, and now I always make the joke that um, the original trilogy is the gayest trilogy. Not that it has the gayest characters, not that it's the gayest movie, whatever, but it's the, that A New Hope specifically is the gayest movie. There is something about the gay yearning of the binary sunset that hits in a way I cannot explain. Um, it, it just, that I, I, I just, that I cannot, it, that I cannot, I, I can't deal with, um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I had that same similar experience of like, oh, I, I rewatched the original trilogy and, uh, now I'm a different person. So yeah, it's, uh, very personally tied to like who I am as a queer person, which is also like deeply troubling and problematic because now it's like a corporate product and like queerness is inherently radical. And I've also been like, you know, figuring out my politics and whatever. So there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but we don't have time to unpack all of that. That was beautifully said, and I, I really appreciate you telling us all of that. No, I, I completely agree. And I think also to your to what you were saying, I think that for us as younger Star Wars fans who who like grew up during the prequel era, um, we and, and just like I, I think that the climate of the world and the way in which gay people are perceived was very different than like a lot of the the original trilogy like fans who are queer and growing up during that era and so representation to us and like our identity as queer people is going to be different um but that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean it has less value if you if you catch my drift um and i i love that this series resonates with with people and especially queer people and it, it like i feel like there are queer people who enjoy every single era of Star Wars. And, like, sure, like, we have our critiques of it. But, like, hello, 
we'd be bitches, you know? Um, we complain about shit. Um, which is not necessarily inherent to the queer experience, but I would I would argue kind of actually. Anyways. Love things critically. Yeah. Um, and then having to hold, like, all of that in your heart is something that is so, so queer of, like, being, like, I, I love this thing, but it also, like, actively sometimes hurts me, i.e. Tarkin. I'm sorry I had to mention the man because he is the reason that this podcast exists. Usually we do Q&As in the second half, but again, we're kind of getting our feet under us since uh, <laughs> the Bad Batch is now over. Um, but yeah, we get our Q&As from TikTok, but you're also welcome to reach out to us via email or any other social media. So please feel free to. Um, our first one today uh, comes from Sage Sindula at, um, on TikTok, and they ask, on the topic of queerness in Star Wars, what characters do you believe are queer-coded and what characters do you believe are queer-baiting? And if you guys don't mind, I will answer this question first because I have an answer. Um, I think that there are multiple examples of this throughout the, um, like, Star Wars as a whole. But I'm going to take the two I think that probably mean the most to me. Queer-baiting, I think, is Finn Poe. I love it to death. I It was honestly, like... I have been a longtime fan of Star Wars, but I was never really involved in like the fandom until the sequels came out. And I think there was a huge resurgence in the fandom when the sequels came out. But I was so invested. I saw, okay, fun little lore drop. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I did see Force Awakens in the theaters eight times. So that's a fun little fact about me. Um, but I, they, those two characters mean so much to me and seeing them constantly put them in those, the situations that they did made me feel a little upset um but it's definitely like they were being like yeah we're gonna do this just like just enough and I think they're a perfect example of queer baiting and one that I will argue is queer coding and I will argue this to the to the moon and back is Callus and Zeb um I believe this fully because their stories are so intertwined both of them are their own individual characters and their ending like you can't <laughs> look at that ending and be like they're just besties like I have said couple before, of dudes like, being guys. Like, that is fucking Zeb um, bringing Callus home. That is like bringing like, your partner home to your your family. Yeah, <laughs> introducing them. And I also think too. I mean, we all know. Maybe we don't, but Icon, one of my favorite men, <laughs> Steve Blum, who does voice Zeb and half of the stormtroopers in the show. If TK four two one was in Rebels, he probably would have been voiced by Steve Blum. No, they um, would have found a way to get Mark Thompson in. <laughs> But um, I he has said like, there's one line he said during um a panel where he they were like oh well like all these different characters got all this stuff at the ending he's like yeah and I got my man talking about Zevin Callus which I think I think about all the time, um and Dave is also Dave Filoni for those of you who don't know Dave, like we do, <laughs> has also said like yeah no it's intentionally kind of left um ambiguous so like I think that's queer coding. Sorry, I talk a really long time about Callus and Zeb. I just care a lot about them. I um, see, I actually stole mine because I was going to say Finpo in terms of queer uh, baiting because they are kind of like a textbook example of what that term means. I will say for queer coding, I think that Luke Skywalker is pretty much queer coded with like every single person that he meets. I don't have like a specific ship in mind when I say that. He's just a very queer character. Um, right from the get-go, like Mel and Claudia were both saying, like the binary sunset scene is a very queer scene in general. Like that's how it feels. And his character is very much like 
he's fruity. Uh, and not to like flex or whatever that Mark Hamill commented on my TikTok about, <laughs> about me being like, isn't it great that you said that Luke could be gay? And he was like, yes, it is. So, I mean, to have, to have him be like accepting and not, not endorsing, but like saying, you know, yes, I, I really like that fans do this with this character. Um, Luke is super quick-coded and I really appreciate that. And I think that's a big part of why I may have hashtag related to him. Uh, during the entire run of the original trilogy. No, I just wanted to really quickly say that, wow, Luke becomes Rey's queer elder just like Obi-Wan before him. Qui-Gon was that to Obi-Wan? What is the Jedi (laughs) Order if not just queers mentoring each other? It's called the disaster lineage, which is false. It's just that one heterosexual man in Anakin Skywalker ruined this this whole line of queer elders. I did just want to say, actually, to to that point of, um, like, I, I think I would even argue that Luke's narrative in the sequel trilogy is very indicative and invocative of that's the same fucking word of um the queer experience especially like him being a queer elder after a generation of his people were decimated having to pick up the pieces and be like hey I would also I I've thought that about Kane and Jairus as well absolutely and just like having to deal with the consequences of that and then fucking up and being like god damn I don't know what to do with myself I'm going to to fucking leave um, and then Ray being like this like beacon of hope and like we are not the end, we are simply the beginning of something bigger. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna cry thinking about that. What the fuck? I also think um on that note, Luke's like characterization in the sequel movies, one thing I really like about it is he he feels this burden to be like the perfect shining example of what like this type of person should be. And he isn't. And I feel like that's a really important thing, like fucking Mel just typed queer elder moment in the goddamn chat but yeah no I I mean I think it is something that at least the queer people that I've talked to sort of feel as like you know how do you guide that next group of people and I honestly love that it is Ray uh who is I also I, I think Ray's a lesbian I said what I said I think we all pretty much believe that on this podcast no, she's but a bisexual she, she that's fair that's me, fair bisexual she's got two hands one for rose and one for finn wake up people. or one for one We're for not one for rose cool. one for Jana. <laughs> that's so true, true that's so true bestie and but they can I go do. on double dates with finn and Poe. rose has <laughs> rose has two hands one for, one for ray one for and ray one and one for Jana. enough <laughs> they're just I a little circle what is the sequel trilogy if not a circle of queers holding hands? Okay, I do like the idea of the 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 sequels just being like a really like not toxic polycule because I think altogether they are fine, but like just the the context in which they are in is very toxic. I love yeah, the idea I mean, that hi. it's a giant polycule and also Kylo Ren who is yeah, like, like on the <laughs> sidelines there. It's like- it's like, hi, my name is Poe. This is my boyfriend, Finn. This is his girlfriend, Ray. This is her girlfriend, Rose. And this is her girlfriend, Jana. Um, and this is our baby, BB-8. Okay, I did have a fucking point to me. Can I just quick say this before you finish your point? Kyla Ren disrupted the polycule. Next question. That's, no, yeah, that's, uh, Ray I, just had a, a weird moment of comp head with Kylo Ren. And then she remembered, wait, no, I'm not actually into men, sorry. Ray goes like, back to the polycule after the events of the Rise of Skywalker and is like, sorry, I had a near-death experience that made me experience combat again. The idea that the idea of people who are like Ben Solo should have lived, I do like the idea of him living and coming back and being like, I am entitled to join your polycule now. <laughs> and, then having, and then 
Poe having to be like, girl, <laughs> you get out of here. It's I feel like Poe's the one who they're like, can you t- can you can you go take care of him? And he's like, fine. Poe Poe knew it him myself. as a child, and he's like, no, get the fuck out of here. He's like, I will channel your mother and tell you to get the fuck out. They they add Kylo to the polycule group chat because Ray's like, guys, please. And then a weekend, they're all like, this is a bad idea. And they make a second group chat without him, but nobody tells him about it. No. He's like, oh, the thing that I like about the sequel is, is that it is a young queer person, Ray who reignites Luke's hope for other people to be like stable and to exist and to fulfill his, the thing that he feels is his role in the galaxy. We did get Sidetrack talking about the fucking polycule. Don't we what always? Podcast, if not polycules persevering. Um, I, I did want to say, you were saying that, oh, that that's what Ray's thing. So the thing I love about Star Wars is like, oh, it's like poetry, it rhymes, love. It's always the same thing over and over again. Um. We see Ahsoka's, Ahsoka and Kanan have very similar journeys of losing their people and their entire culture and then having to um, teach the new generation. I feel like that's probably what the Ahsoka series is going to be about. She's also very much involved in all of the Children of the Force stuff. Um, We have to see Ahsoka grow up and then like, you know, there's, there's a palpable moment in an episode of Rebels where... Ahsoka and Kanan look at each other and they're like, oh, the whole Jedi Order used to do this and now it's on us now. And I was like, oh, I'm getting really emotional here. Like, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> um, and, I do um, like the idea of Kanan and Ahsoka looking at each other and being like, are you, are you gay? Yeah, are you? <laughs> like, wait, um, no, that's, we're Jedi. Jedi, that's what I meant we're, to say. We're Jedi. Um, gay or yeah. Jedi. Ahsoka and Ahsoka is that like you know um you know and has to keep being that like you know Din being like I don't know how to raise a gay child can you and she's like no <laughs> um <laughs> it's just it, it it's but it's it's something it's something very uh you know it's very much like you know when there's like I, I would never call Din Djarin straight but just for the sake of argument um <laughs> when straight parents are like hey uh gay people can you give me some tips on parenting my gay child like that's Din with Ahsoka but Din's not straight dear god I would never say that I personally identify very much with Kane and Jairus and so when you guys were talking about Ray and and Luke um it's a very similar story to that in Rebels where Kanan is very lost and then he finds this new person who needs who needs guidance, whatever, and like finds his own identity within that. Um and uh yeah, I think that's a I think that I think that's I think that's a very gay yeah. people thing. Um I yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I was just really quick gonna say I feel like the idea of the Jedi and I don't mean this in the way it sounds but I feel like the Jedi story is a very gay story like in general I do feel like the idea of the Jedi is just kind of queer like it is very inherently there are a lot of things in the Jedi order and in the stories that we hear about Jedi that resonates a lot and like we just was talking about earlier with like the idea of found family and the idea that the connections that you have with people are thicker than you know, like, or deeper than family sometimes. And I think something else, not to get a little, like, dark, um, but a lot of the ideas with attachment um, does relate to a lot of queer people who grew up thinking maybe, like, hey, the way I'm feeling is not normal. And now, like, as me as, like, a queer adult can look back and say, oh, it was, I just didn't understand it at the time. But I know a lot of queer people who feel guilty for their feelings of attraction or lack thereof. And 
that manifests in ways that like you see stuff like you see Anakin struggle with attachment and it's like oh that's not a character I should be maybe relating to but then when you like think about it it's like okay like that obviously it's not a perfect um analogy but it's almost like seeing that on the screen does something to you where you're like okay it actually is making me think about it and think about why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and thinking about how other people are processing it and what how my reaction is impacting others and I think that the Jedi order and its rules almost like have some sort of reflection of not only like elder teaching younger but also like our ideas about attachment are different than other people's ideas of attachment but yeah um there is something I mean queer studies often focuses on this idea that the narrative of like magical person taken away to go with other magical people is inherently a queer story because it provides a lot of queer children this concept of escaping where you are right now to go with people who are like you and I do feel like the Jedi Order follows that in the most current run of the X-Men comics the way that Bobby that Iceman comes out is because Gene a telepath literally reads his mind and is like hey you're gay and he's like no I'm not she's like I'm literally in your brain you are gay and the panel is literally him and he looks at the side and he's like what's happening right now? And then she like makes him realize that he's gay. I'm just saying that if that interaction ever happened in Star Wars, it would be Luke and Din. Luke would be like, like, oh, you're gay. And Din's like, no, I'm not. He's like, I'm in your brain. (laughs) I know you are. This is kind of related, but High Republic related Imri fucking being like, oh my god, you're gay to someone. The way that that does canonically happen. Like, no, yeah. this, this situation that you have described does happen canonically. There oh, is yeah. a character who goes, you're gay. <laughs> like, literally, there is a part, I'm so sorry, this is a spoiler, but there is a part where a character does explain gayness to another. But also, we are laughing, but also huge shout out to the high republic and the high republic authors for being like actually fuck it we're we're putting actual gay people in this shit um not to say that there aren't some other actual gays in star wars like dr afra um all our lovely queers in the padme books etc etc but the high republic they were like we're doing so many fruits it's a fruit salad yeah no that's exactly what i was i wanted to talk about was that i think why this analogy is and I think it, it's I'm not to say that it would be perfect otherwise, but I think that it is an imperfect analogy because it is uh, a story written by, for all intents and purposes, uh, a straight white cis man. Thanks, George, uh, for writing, for putting your whole pussy into this, but also like hurting me deeply. Uh, I won't forgive you for the Tuscans. Um Anyways, um, but uh, I, I think that there is something to say of the High Republic and like having having people of, of marginalized identities um, like writing these stories and and that experience shading shading it. Um, I, I think one of my critiques of the High Republic also happens to be in the representation department though sometimes because the High Republic is great in the sense that it has like a lot of representation but sometimes the representation just falls like a little flat um, for me personally where it's like oh you've mentioned that this person is gay but like what else? Also 
sorry not i love comac so much but he is like 50 years old and he's like checking out a 22 year old and they're like mm. yeah like, that mm, was a comac little, girl that was also very funny shout out to the santa girls <laughs> okay fuckers you fuckers okay, no, i was i was about to bring them up actually when mel was like i don't really know how i feel about some of the representation so to be clear i've only read two of the higher public books but i've met the santaka husbands and when we when jess and i were on darth chaco's podcast with tiktok user always fern uh they brought up that like the santaka husbands are a really weird representation because the text is like they used to be like a really like buff burly mining family but now they do things like home decor and it's like it's very weird because they sort of do it and i'm i'm happy that it's there but at the same time i'm like Hmm. Interesting. And also I hadn't gotten to the fucking Comac part. I knew that Comac checked out. No, no, no. So here's the thing. I knew Comac checked out a dude, but in my head, I was like, oh, der. I'm sure that's handled really well. He's also. I also thought he was like 30, maybe. And now I'm like, that is an (laughs) older man. I think he's like in like his 40s to like. Early so he's in, he's in the the age range of dilf categorization yes That's he cool. is a dilf i'll uh, keep that in mind Comac, yeah, canonically yeah, they say he's sexy so he is a dilf i will Reed, say Comac i'm so sorry is... that i fucked your dad <laughs> Reed silas girl run Reed, quick get your daddy shit Reed, get out <laughs> Read this like can you Claudia, who is dad can you the higher public books i'm so sorry about this i'm still enjoying this dad um, can I... you please stop checking out people who are my age we so we could have a whole separate conversation on like bad queer representation star wars whatever like um the aftermath books my enemy why you know oh right oh he has you know lesbian aunts but like one of them has dark skin and you did compare her skin to literal dirt what's up with that i hate you my enemy um you know there are some things that i very much dislike um but then you know we have like four canonically um asexual or aromantic characters at least in uh in star wars which i'm like oh shout out there are some strides uh that i you know that are quite good um and i'm also sometimes i'm also like you know what fuck it it's star wars i'm okay with there being a little bit of a little bit of fan service across the board with a lot of different kinds of identity does star wars do the thing of like well they put it in there but was it exactly done well no I mean, the sequels, we know how that went with gender and race. Mess. So, you know, that's that's going to be the issue. Um, I, I always like to make the joke, especially with Marvel, where they're like, we're going to have gay people of like, oh boy, we're going to have to stumble through all the mistakes that we made before. To get back to the original question also, um, there's a lot you could say about queer baiting. Um, with queer coding, um, for those who study media, one of the longest running pieces of queer coding in the western canon of literature is sherlock holmes um in general and if you know anything about thrawn it is that he is sherlock holmes fan fiction as a joke but also seriously like there's actual references to to sherlock holmes with his stories um People joke about how with the canon Thrawn novels, how fucking gay it is. I have never, I have never read something and been like, especially in Star Wars and been like, 
how much it's really only just a step away from how fruity it is now and and there's just the like damn this shit's fucking gay and then there's also like the stuff how we were talking about with luke skywalker of like oh there's an inherent queerness to this story um there's also queer coding for arlani a lot about found family a lot about that kind of stuff um is it problematic because he's a fascist? Yes. Uh, but um, I do want to say, like, uh, of characters that are queer-coded, um, both Thrawn and Eli, he's also neurodivergent-coded, so there's shit there, too. Um, but of characters that are queer-coded, um, they created a whole book and a whole character to be like, here's the biggest bad in Star Wars other than Darth Vader. We're going to create a character that teaches him the power of friendship and love. Um, and then we're going to end the book with a powerful m message about that. Where he gives his diary to this other man. They're just dudes being guys. And I think about it every fucking day. Anyways, I don't know how much, I don't know how much more queer coding that can be. I just had to say it. I agree with them being queer coded, but I don't. I think, yeah, it is unintentional queer coding that almost touches the line, like toes the line of, is this queer baiting? But I don't think Timmy really understood oh, how that this is like, I'm kind of homoerotic. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I do think that Timmy does just have a certain way with things sometimes, especially recently. Um, to I mean, be fair, from the three minutes of the Heir to the Empire that I listened to on audiobook before it got returned to the library because I couldn't listen to it except for in 30 second increments because every single detail I learned was a punch to the fucking throat. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fruity too. And Thrawn wasn't even there. <laughs> I do like the idea of accidental fruit creator Timothy Zahn. I hate to bring in another piece of media, but the only... But it, it does remind me of Supernatural, which is just exceedingly straight people so sorry creating, <laughs> creating something extremely straight and then making it so exceedingly just just pretty erotic. The mind, like that's that's the level of that's the level okay. of queer that Thrawn is to me. <laughs> Normally, I would boo you for bringing up this bringing up a supernatural reference, but I do actually believe that's kind of valid yeah. in, in yeah. this situation. I guess what is, I what still is, gonna <laughs> boo you. What is Thranto if not a, if not a new Destiel? Thrawn okay, is the a fact, never the say that, that again. The fact that fucking Castiel and Thrawn can be compared in that makes me ill the next question that we wanted to talk about today comes from uh slama llama one uh, and they said what queer non-canon ship do you think could genuinely become canon um i think that this is a great question and i have the same answer that i had before <laughs> um because i do think that we are going to see in the ahsoka show i'm almost positive that we're going to see sabine and we're going to see the rebels cast because obviously like if she's looking for thrawn she's obviously looking for Ezra Sabine's gonna be with her we're gonna see the rest of the Rebels cast at least in passing I am hoping that they will at least mention them um and their children exactly here's my thing I do think this is how we can get Mara Jade and Revan in in uh the like in live action um and I don't even need to see them I just think so for those of you who don't know Mara Jade and Revan are um the canonized like uh 
callous Zeb children. So, but I do think in all seriousness, I do think that callous and Zeb would be a really easy like thing for them to do. Cause I think most people who are hardcore fans of rebels are like, yeah, that was definitely fruity. <laughs> like they did retire together on a planet. And I do think I would turn to the dark side if that was not the case. But I think like it would just be really easy to do. Like they could absolutely just be like, yeah, they just been chilling out. Even just a throwaway line. Like I'm asking for the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm entering my insane person era. Please. I, I love the idea of canonized Kalazov. However, uh, this does confront us with the horrifying reality of having to see a live action Zeb. I was literally just going to say that. Bestie, bestie no. Zeb is maybe my favorite Star Wars character. How do you think I feel? How do you think I felt after playing the entire Jedi Fallen Order and then after finding out that Jaro Tapal was supposed to be a Lasat? I am so terrified for live action Zeb that I'm like, maybe they can just have Callus be in the frame and Zeb's like, he's there, but the camera's always angled so you can't see him. Maybe it's always be a holo call. I'm doing mental fucking oh, gymnastics. Ollie, are you being Ollie, are you being xenophobic to Lasat? No, Star Wars is, and I'm trying to fix it. So I'm just saying my solution to that is that every character just refers to Zeb, but we never hear or see him. So Callus is like, earlier Zeb told me, or Ahsoka's like, Zeb had mentioned but they never actually show him on screen. He's let me having fix- a Thrawn moment. Not him having IBS. Let me fix this all for you and just say his back is always to the camera, so you only see that big old cake. The idea what? of Zeb's fucking Zeb ass, and that's it. I love. I love that. I also love the idea that Callus is like, babe, you know you can turn around, right? And he's like, no, no, I cannot. He's like, I why hate- would I turn around? I don't need to pan to the camera. This isn't a show. I do like the idea of Callus being the only one who can break the fourth wall. <laughs> I also just love the idea, though, of Callus. Like, Callus can break the fourth wall, but fully everyone's like, why is Zeb always turned around? And Callus is like, I just love staring at my husband's fat ass. And that's how they get canonized. I agree with Ollie. Where my first thought of like any characters that could possibly become like canon. My first thought was also like Zeb and, and Callus because I was just like, I'm not sure. Like, I'd love for Eli and Thrawn to become canonized, but I don't think Timothy Zahn would do that. Like, he's he is the creator of fucking Mara Jaden and Luke, <laughs> like that ship. So I'm just like, I don't think he'd um pander to us queers. Uh, another ship I think could become canon <laughs> has potential is um the sh- the ship and the characters that I'd like to say that I think I am the first one to like discover these characters before Wikipedia put them up but it is Bolo and Catch yes them becoming yes. a canonized couple I do like because like like flicks and orca they're all over each other and the amount of the amount of like gay people having the bad batch we have Tarkin we have the Dianoga and we have Catch and Bolo and obviously Hunter who's a lesbian. And Sid. <laughs> and Sid, of course. I'm so sorry. I forgot her. Yeah, I... but don't forget our queer elder. I, and we have trans Omega. Oh my gosh. Wait, do, you guys, do you guys think that Luke and Sid have met up at like the queer elder convention <laughs> for Star Wars? The idea, oh my god. I did just have the idea of um Sid being being friends with Qui-Gon when they were both young. I I can't even deal with this because that that could truly be true. Um, so 
yes, my first thought is always Kalazeb because I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about the projects that are coming. But also we do have a lot of projects in the Empire era. So we have the Bad Batch, we have Andor, whatever. So there's a lot of possibility there. I just thought of like, oh, Baze and Chirrut, who are like literally like a hair's breadth away from being canon already. Um, we see them, I believe, in the Guardian Guardians. Uh, we have the, the Guardians of the Wills um, uh, manga, book, whatever. And um, like, if we saw them in the Bad Batch, let's say, or we saw them in Andor, we saw we probably wouldn't see them in Andor. But like, you know, if we saw them in the Bad Batch or something, like they can make them actually gay. Again, they pretty much already are. I don't know what the fuck else they are. Um, just guys being dudes. Um, I think also, you know, because of realities in the industry, I don't think this is going to happen. But, I mean, Omega is a hair's breadth away from being canon trans. If they were to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, she just said, yeah, I'm a girl. Like, it, however they would choose to do that in a Star Wars-y way, I don't know how. They would need they would need to do it with some tact, and I don't think Star Wars could. Um, but I think, um, you know, of possibilities of things actually happening, a Bayes and Chirrut situation an Omega situation, probably Callus and Zeb. I think the thing keeping Callus and Zeb would probably be, number one, everybody having to know an exceeding amount about Rebels characters, um, and number two, live-action Lassat. Um, you okay. said Eli and Thrawn, but then... But we've talked before about, like, what would send us to the dark side happening in Star Wars... Yes, maybe Timmy would make Eli and Thrawn canon, but let's say Thrawn is on screen, and we all want Eli to be on screen. Yes, would I turn to the dark side if they had either of them interested in a woman? Yes, I would. If they made Eli and Thrawn a thing on screen, um, it would be upsetting because it would be like, we did it, guys, but they're fascists. <laughs> I mean, unless they... Unless they became rebels or something, whatever. I mean, I don't know. Eli would be with the Chiss Ascendancy. So. Yeah, that's true. That's very sexy of him. I do um, think it's very funny the idea that Ahsoka has been looking for Thrawn this whole time, and then she like runs into Eli at like a bar, and he's like, "Yeah, we found Thrawn like five years ago. I don't know what." Um, but I did want to say something about Omega really quick. Um, I think with Omega, what's very funny is um, she's almost like um like Schrodinger's trans person yeah, where say. it's like they've said that she is an exact clone of Jango Fett unaltered so it's like well if she has the exact same DNA as Jango Fett who we assume is a cisgender man there's no reason that she wouldn't be trans like I'm not saying that as like oh she's trans like when I'm headcanoning her like literally if she is identifying as a girl as a woman and she is a direct genetic copy of Django Fett like she is trans even if that wasn't what they intended but I'm, I'm not saying that they are getting credit for putting the work in because I I think the chances of it being unintentional are not like I don't know how they could have a writer's room with as many people as they have in it and have no one be like hey guys do are we not realizing my one fear is that they will have a moment later where they'll be like, if you're an exact copy of Jango Fett, why are you a girl? And she's like, oh, it's just born different. But I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not making fun of people with that accent. I'm so sorry. Um, I just, 
there's so much there. I'm like, do we think like, I can't imagine that was unintentional, but I do worry that they're going to retroactively be like, oh, just in case you were worried. No, absolutely. And I think that is a very indicative of like hiring queer people to be part of your writer's room to be like, hey, because you don't even have to be like trans to clock that right like that's just something you'd be like yeah hello um but i i think a lot of sishet people sishet that's how i say it. i'm so sorry if you guys just had to hear me say sishet instead of sishet that sounds like the name of a star wars character anyways um i was gonna say i think if if there is to be like canonized uh queer coded people um in star wars and i mean i don't even know how queer coded this character is as much as it is me just wanting lesbian representation in this goddamn series um here's some minor well not minor kind of major spoilers for um out of the shadows in out of the shadows um we are introduced to um chancy um yarrow who is like kind of has this weird relationship with lorna d uh it's once again, not super... I don't know if there's a whole lot of textual evidence to support, like, Lorna D being queer-coded besides the fact that I find her very sexy and so I'm, like, MILF lesbian. Because um, she does, unfortunately, kiss Panetta on the mouth. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just like the idea of Chansey Yarrow and, and Lorna D being mean lesbians, and I know that plays into a lot of terrible stereotypes, but sometimes... Sometimes you just want representation, and sometimes that is what prov- is provided to you. Justina Ireland, I'm begging you. I'm on my hands and knees. Um, the other thing I think that is very powerful about them is that um, Celestri, who is Chansey's daughter, does call Lorna her aunt, and exactly. that's a very like lesbian thing to do. Yeah. Like, this is mommy's your friend, and it's like, well, what do I call her? Like, She's your aunt. Just, like, yeah, just call her very Auntie literal. Lorna. <laughs> Literally. When is when is when is Syl gonna say? Auntie Lorna to one of the Jedi and then be like, the huh? The who? <laughs> because I do think that she is the eye. So the idea of Sylvestri being like, yeah, my aunt, and they're like, the eye of the Nile? Um, yeah, anyways. I do like that a lot. If you're talking about sapphic and lesbian representation, mm-hmm. I know we've been talking a lot about men, whatever. If we're going to talk about queer coded people, I would like to take a second to talk about Sabine. Like, there is, there is nothing, like, if you, if, she's like every lesbian stereotype there is, that were, they were just like, yeah, she dyes her hair every, a, a different color, uh, she's got, as close as we're getting to an undercut, uh, and she's, and her girlfriend has an undercut, and she's got very colorful, borderline lesbian flag color Mandalorian armor and and she's got mommy issues I was just gonna say and she has um, mommy issues she's got some real uh, family issues with her with her family uh here's the other thing too and I think this is a very like lesbian specific thing but her mommy issues do like stem very specifically from not like fulfilling the family like legacy in the way that is desired and I think for a lot of like specifically like people who were raised and socialized as women um and have like the, the ability to um like bear children I think that a lot of people go through that same struggle with their family of being like well I'm expected to do xyz and while that is not exactly obviously it's not exactly Sabine's narrative it's similar in the way that it's like she is saying like I am going to subvert my family's expectations and I am going to do what is right for me despite what that does even though I know it is going to be better in the long run for all of us. 
we just know this about the field of animation. There's a lot of queers in there. So somebody along the line in development, in character design, whatever, I see you, the queer and or queerza, who helped design Sabine and make her who she is. And I, I see you and I know what you did. And I thank you. Um, <laughs> I, and I think there, you could have a whole separate conversation about queer coding specifically in animation because, and obviously there's character design that goes into live action characters, of course, um, but in animation especially because nothing's an accident. Every frame ha has, is a choice. Um, so, you know, there's always some queer person who is like, yeah, I put that shit in on purpose. And so I always think about that with the animated characters where I'm like, yeah, um, I don't know what else you fucking thought that was going to be. Um, so I think about that with Sabine every time. I'm like, what the fuck else do you think she's going to be? Welcome um, to Fancastic. It's a segment where I have found some of the most some some of these fancasts are pretty pretty valid, but for the most part, they are just kind of off the shits. Um, I unfortunately this time around because I was like, okay, like this is gonna be an episode where we're talking about gay people. Um, I wanted it to like be have some flavor there, and unfortunately. Um, when it comes to wild Buck Wild fan casts, naming a woman is very hard uh, for Star Wars fans. So these are unfortunately all all male characters. But are you guys ready to get into this? Let's get into it, yeah. Let's get into it, yeah. Uh, let's start. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw the one I have lined up. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm going to name a series of actors. Tom Holland, Logan Learman. Daniel Radcliffe, Dane DeHaan, and Freddie Highmore. Ezra? No. Luke Skywalker. Yes. Okay, Ollie, yes. literally, you and I had the same thought. The minute that they were like Tom Holland, I was like, oh, does Luke Yeah, yes, I was like, yes. I Tom Holland. I'm so sorry to Tom Holland, but him playing Luke Skywalker feels homophobic. Yeah. No, I thought Luke Skywalker, and then I was like, oh, Logan Lerman? Yeah, maybe Ezra Bridger, if they're like, oh, we want to make him white. I love Wezra. <laughs> I'm sorry, the idea okay. of, like, the idea of Tom Holland as Luke Skywalker is making me feel insane because that would take his twinkiness to like a homophobic level. I feel like it's kind of hateful that you guys have not acknowledged Daniel Radcliffe's Luke Skywalker. Well, no, because here's the I'm thing. Not that, I feel about like that would kill that. Like, I don't yeah, think I would hate honestly, that. I think he could embody that. I wouldn't like, let, let's just He's this. taking over franchise media one one twig at a time. Let's just say this. Not to call Harry Potter a twink. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is a child. Is, is Harry Potter a twink? Discuss. I wouldn't be mad if they were like Daniel Radcliffe is going to be like young Luke Skywalker. I also wouldn't be thrilled about it though either. <laughs> So true, besties. Um, so sorry for, for like <laughs> No, it's okay. It's okay. I wanted that to be like a warm up. Um, as we kind of get into this, I feel like it's gonna escalate. So next, Simon Pegg, Hank Azaria, <laughs> Bill Hader, Matt Smith, Martin Freeman, uh, David uh, 
Thulis. Um, he plays Lupin in Harry Potter. Um, and then I have th- there's one more, but I think it'll give it away if I say it. So I just want to hear you guys' initial guess. Is it is it Obi Wan Kenobi when he's old? <laughs> no, what it era? Is not. What era? Um, all of them. Obi Wan. No. No, I just asked if it was Obi Wan. Is Obi-Wan it a Jedi? Got on the no. beach, old. Okay, it... so it's not a Jedi. Is it An Maul? Imperial? No, no. Is it is... non-human? Yes. Zeb? No. What is he in the prequels? Oh, oh, okay. It is Jar Jar. It's not Jar Jar Binks. Is it Yoda? No, it is not Yoda. No, it's Okay, question. Are these all people who are queer coded? This is a queer coded character. Yeah. Is it a droid? Oh yes, my god. It is. It is C3PO. It is C3PO and here's no. the one that I knew was going to give it away. John Mulaney. Oh. John, okay, John I'm sorry Mulaney. about the idea. The fucking, That's powerful. the fucking thought of the guy who played Remus Lupin being Yoda is David Oh my god. I, I do have um, to say we did not discuss the the queerness of the droids and how R2 and 3PO are the original no. Star Wars. Where are we going to? Listen, here, here. No, I will give my really quick thing. Um, I do think obviously R two and C three PO are in love. Chopper and AP five are in love. I think that Gonky and AZ could have a beautiful love story. They just Absolutely. need time. Thank you, Claudia. I appreciate it. We're in solidarity I did, here. I did see a TikTok today from one of our listeners, Mackenzie, that did say, um, AP five story is the same. You saw that? Is the same as Eli Vanto's. And I want you all to think about that. His boyfriend is all, he, he's good at math, and his boyfriend's also a, a war criminal. Think about <laughs> can't it. Can't with do that. You guys, Can we do please? You guys think? Do you no, think? no, 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 no. No one's gonna say any answers. Yes. Anyways, they've explored each other's okay, guys, guys, I have some more, and they're getting they're getting more and more fun. Are you ready, Matt Damon? But- Horse from spirit. Whole, is it okay? Is it a non-human character? Yes. Okay, so it has to be Jar Jar. Character. No. Stop asking Jar Jar. Not Jar Jar. Are they a droid or just an alien? Just an alien. Matt Damon is Thrawn. Century. No. No. Hephisto. No. Nope. Wait, nope. my first instinct was Newt Gunray's is a Okay, wait, guys, think if it's Matt Damon, the character has to be homophobic. So no, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. No, this character is it Tarkin? No, no. Thrawn? Oh, they're not human. No. They're not human. We're dumb. Um, what era? <laughs> what era? He's in the prequels and the original trilogy. Oh, he's in both. Yeah, is it Obi Wan? No, Yolar. No, it is not. No, he said is he's it, not is it human. Uncle Owen? No. Oh, is he said he was non-human, right? Non-human. <laughs> is it Thrawn? No. Deb? No. He's in the oh, original. Guys, come on. He's in the prequels Thrawn. and the originals. Is he in the movies? Yes. Or is that just a time period? Yoda. He's he's in the original trilogy movie. That's the only movie he's in, I think, is um, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, I think. Admiral Akbar. No. <laughs> no, not Admiral Akbar. Wait, so he, that's the only movie he's in. Is he, I... No, no, he's is not he in the Clone Wars. Wars. Um, the character is, I believe, is he in the Clone Wars? Yes, he is. 
He's in a few episodes. General Grievous didn't appear in Empire. <gasps> no, oh, wait, so, he's, so he's not General a Jedi. Grievous. He's not talk a human. About, no, talk about how shitty cameos are when General Grievous showed up. It really took um, me out of it in, in Empire Strikes. I think I think Jess would really appreciate this answer. Um, I think all of us would, pray, frankly, but I know Jess specifically has an attachment to a character that this character is adjacent to. Bosk! Yes. This is a little lore fact, but I love Bosk so much. He is probably one of my favorite like non-human characters for some reason. This next one, we're once again ramping it up. Um, I can't decide which one do I want to be the finale. I think I've decided. Um, so this next one. Logan Learman, Mina Masoud, Zayn Malik, Eddie Redmayne. Taryn Ed- Edgerton, 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 Robert no, Sheehan, and it's not Ezra Bridger. Thank God, I just I could not imagine. Okay, oh okay. my God, wait, is what era is this character human? Yes, human. Are and... they actually white in whatever media they're in, or are they being whitewashed for this fan cast? I can't tell you that information. Are they? Are they? What? Are they an animated character? No. Oh, have they been in live action before? No. Are they book? Yes. Eli Vanta! Yes. Um, so I would like for you, us to kind of circle back to oh, Zayn Malik as Eli no. Vanto. I feel like you guys I feel like you guys really did not think about yeah. Zayn Malik can as you, Eli can Vanto. You, can you read those names again? Oh yeah, of course. So we have Logan Learman. Oh, um, you know what? If it, if we're whitewashing it, I'll let that one slide. No. Oh. Um <laughs> Zayn Malik, Eddie Redmayne. Also, he's the wrong age. Like, oh, it depends Eddie, on what age. I, I would like, like Eddie Redmayne to play Eli Vanto, but only if he does it in the same voice he used for Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> please, no. Please cease and desist. Um, I, Eddie Redmayne as Eli Vanto, I think might be, again, like, we've talked about stuff that will send us to the dark story. side. I really do think, like, I would start um fighting. I would become I think violent. I would Are you ready you. for the finale? That wasn't the finale. There's something that, no. worse. I'm so prepared for this. I'm <laughs> okay. so ready. Um, okay. Okay. So the first one I'm going to say, I know for a fact had to be a joke because I was looking on mycast.io, the website I find on most of these fan casts, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, but just the fact that it, it exists on that website where it's like this character played by Adam Sandler. Um, so Adam Sandler, Kevin Bacon. Mads Mikkelsen, George Clooney, Giancarlo Esposito. Did I already say Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix, Martin Freeman, Christopher Lee, Jeff Bridges, Hugh Laurie, and finally, Aaron Paul, aka Jesse from Breaking Bad. This better not be Thrawn. It is not Thrawn. A this human? Character who's human, yes. Have they been in live action? Yes. Oh, no. Have they been animated before? Yes. <laughs> Christopher Lee's... <laughs> I know! They've named not one, yeah, not two, but th- they've named three actors who have already been in Star Wars. What James era? Okay. So, Matt Mickelson and Christopher Lee. To be clear, you are... So, Adam Sandler is the one that you're like, there's no fucking way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not Sir Christopher question. Lee has passed on. It's Adam Sandler. That's the one that's not believable. Yoda? Is it a Jedi? No. Again? 
<laughs> it is Will Huff Tarkin. As no. played by, Ooh. as played by the following, once again. Not Adam Sandler! Let me, let me just rephrase this. Aaron Paul, as in Jesse from Breaking Bad, Hugh Laurie, Jeff Bridges, George Clooney, Adam Sandler, Mads Mikkelsen, Giancarlo Esposito, Christopher Lee, Kevin Bacon, Joaquin Phoenix, Martin Freeman. These were Wait. all fan casts I, I found on my cast. I will say... Giancarlo Esposito as Tarkin is actually kind of kind of cool. I mean, he's already like, playing an Imperial Moff and he's fucking killing it. I would like to suggest something because here's the thing. I actually do want them to remake Rogue One, but they have Mad Mickelson play Tarkin. And he'd, I want he'd them just to be have, like the reshoots, right? I have, no, because I want Krennic to fully be like, hello, Grand Moff Tarkin, Galen Erso is dead, and then Tarkin turns around and just <laughs> is Mads Mikkelsen. Hey, do you like the idea of- like, hey, wait a minute. Wait, Rogue One where everyone is Mads Mikkelsen except for Krennic? The idea of Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> Jin Erso played by Mads Mikkelsen is fucking making me insane. The idea of, of Baze and Chirrut both being <laughs> K2SO as played by Mads Mikkelsen. CGI Leia as played by Mads Mikkelsen. So yeah, that was my 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 finale. Um, I still have some Buckwild fan casts that I'm so excited to share with you one day. But those were what I was going to bring. Here's my here's my fan cast for the evening. I would like to fan cast uh, Marcion Rowe, and I think that he should be played. I think that Marcion Rowe should be played by Anna Kendrick. (laughs) Um, so, so I would like to, I would just like to say that Noah has been barraging me with texts this evening, um, describing a Nihil pitch perfect AU. What about it? I was well, that's so funny because my first thought was Twilight, um, because I did uh, think of in this situation, uh, uh, um, I do like the idea of um, Avar pulling up to Starlight to work with Elzar, and he's like, Avar, where the hell have you been, Loka? Throughout this podcast, I've been psychically damaging Mel by describing a scenario in which. After Kasav's death, um, Marcion is like, I need to do a funeral for this guy because I care a lot about him. And Lauren is like, yeah, sure. And then uh, Mike lowers down from the ceiling and Lauren is like, wait, no. And then Marcion, apropos of nothing, starts doing an acapella version of the one that got away with no background track In another life. It's just him. I could be your you. girl. And the entire time, a fucking Lorna's like, what the fuck? And at the end, he like does like a dramatic bow and closes his eyes and she holds up a sign that's like, please clap. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Name That Ship, which is, you know, the segment where um, our hosts bring some fun um, fanfics and the others have to guess uh, based off of the tags that they're going to read what, what the ship is. And again, we want to reiterate that uh, this is not trying to be mean because we respect people who write fan- fanfics. And we just uh, thought these specific fanfics were fun and interesting because they tell a, a crazy story in the tags. And yeah, don't go searching for them and, and be mean to these fanfic authors. Yeah. This doesn't have that many tags and it is like it's not a romantic ship I just want to say that first it is not romantic at all so um 
without further ado, this is called And Their Teeth Shine Like Pearls. So it is character A and character B, because again, it is not romantic. Um, character A, character B, alternate universe dragons, in which um, character B is a sad mecha space dragon. Um, dragons are powered by their sacrifices. So dragon character B, dragon Shiv Palpatine, sacrifice character A, canon to AU translation, um, soul bound, non-romantic soul bond, sorry, it was soul, soul bond, I can't read. Soul bond, non-romantic soul bond, it's not like that, and I'm not going to read the last tag. Is this Maul and Obi-Wan? No. I will say I have seen this fan fiction, but I cannot for the life of me remember who it is. But I know <laughs> I've seen this before. Are either of the characters force sensitive? Uh, yeah. What era? What are both of them? Uh, yeah. Um, the era is... <laughs> original trilogy but it's not romantic right mm-hmm. one and one of them one of them is force sensitive or no one of them is force sensitive. wait is there the force in this universe it's it's a dragon AU, both so of them are force sensitive correct but they were originally force sensitive before the au yeah sorry <gasps> they were force sensitive before um dragons i guess and it's not obi-wan and maul no no it's original it's Obi-Wan one of them Nope. Is, is Vader one of them? Yes. Is Luke Anakin? <gasps> what? Is it Luke? Yeah, it is Luke. It is Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. As, As dragons. The last tag was father-son relationship. I mean, good for them. I'm happy yeah. they were able to repair their broken I mean, except for the part except, a dragon yeah. Yeah. except for the part where I do believe Luke is, Luke a is sacrifice. getting sacrificed to yeah. Vader. Oh, well, I, I mean, how to train your dragon. Uh, you want the summary? <laughs> I would course. love it. I would love it. This, um, his father's presence has been calling to him, covetous and hungry, and now the pull grows ever stronger. Vader's malice cocoons his fleet like a magnetic field. It's no good. Luke feels like a compass, a spinning needle in the force. I guess the force is here, actually. Wow, they're dragons with the force. Um, okay, I I am also needle. reading. I am also reading a fic where dragons well, exist within the within. There's actually the Star a lot Wars of fucking dragon right AU. There are a lot of dragon <laughs> AU's. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh yeah. Anyway, a spinning needle in the force, guiding him where he knows he needs to go. All dragons need a sacrifice, even if Vader is a dragon like no other. Luke is a gift. And this is part one of some, some dragon verse like fix. No other. No. I want you to know. Anyway. Damn, that's very powerful. Um, yeah. I just thought about sad mecha dragon was very funny to me. That, I think, is really what made me be like, I think I've seen this before. Here's the problem. Do you want to know something that kind of makes me feel insane? Is that I also had that similar feeling, except for I was thinking, I was like, okay, I do think I've seen, like, a Thrawn Eli fic that's something like this. Oh, there is. Yeah. I saw oh, it when yeah. I was trying Nar. to find this one again. Besties, I hate to tell you this. I don't hate you, because I think it's a very creative um, outlet. 
there are so many fics where they make characters dragons and at this point i'm like yeah i respect that when i read it one where snoke was a dragon and bb8 was a magical goat oh i'm obsessed one, with that the, the one that i'm reading right now the whole like backstory lore for like obi-wan's home planet is that his entire family are um shape-shifting dragons so there's that it's 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 like tails, maybe that's why Qui-Gon <gasps> wait not dragon that's tails why, that's why Qui-Gon was a little apprehensive to take him on as his padawan he's like look I'd take him but he's a fucking dragon I don't know how to behave I don't know Although, Qui-Gon that. being racist towards dragons <laughs> he's like I don't know how to help a child no. molt <laughs> no in the in the lore of this it's like if you were they don't have a lot of force sensitive kids but if you are born force sensitive and then you get taken away by the Jedi like they're the only ones who are born who like can't shapeshift don't become like a selkie a dragon a centaur something like that so, um, so obi-wan is just normal is the dragon au of obi-wan's home planet just makes him sound like this when it comes to force sensitivity i'm so sorry but this yes! is the plot of this is the plot of barbie fairytopia can we please move on <laughs> okay anyways i would like to present my fic um it's not necessarily like a palette cleanser but it is it is something that i am actually very excited to bring to this table um mostly because it is written by one of my favorite writers on ao3 um i think that they just consistently deliver and i'm really afraid that ollie is going to know this one um the tags are very vague and i'm going to try my best to read the description without it giving away the the ship uh but let's get into it tags are lesbians in space Fluff and humor. Fluff. Short and sweet. Freeform. Female-centric. Alternate universe canon divergent. Uh, there's a planet that I can't name without it giving it away. Romance. And just a sweet little thing I thought of. Also, Mel, I have read this fic before. <laughs> Me too. I love okay, I actually wait. really am obsessed with this fic. So, so good. Are any of them, like, Force-sensitive? Neither yeah, of them can you read us sensitive. the tags? Tags, once again, real quick. Lesbians in space, fluff and humor, fluff, short and sweet, freeform, female-centric, alternate universe, canon divergence, planet name that'll give it away, romance, just a sweet little thing I thought of. Recently widowed character B has been having issues with her moisture evaporators. She goes to character A for help. Character A doesn't repair farm equipment as a rule, but she might be able to make an exception just this one. Pelimoto and Baru Whiteson. Yes. yes! So just to be clear, my immediate thought was also them. So I'm glad that we were able to one-shot that. Was I? Yeah. Loki, around Loki, you and Ollie were talking this. about this? I, I feel like you and Ollie told me about Skywalker. this. Well, because here's the thing. In our grand polycule chart, we do have Baru connected to Peli that I... We, did talk about um but this was before i had read this so i will also I just, say i feel um, like i've i've heard this from one of you before Mel, <laughs> i love how you're like i can't say the planet name because it'll give it away but you did say like water reclaimer or whatever and i was like oh it's, it's called a water I, evaporator also do, do you want to know uh how how <laughs> i perceive queer people in star wars when mel was like oh there's a planet i can't say it i'm like oh dur it's probably mandalore <laughs> Billy lurked, bestie. I'm obsessed with you. You wrote one of the best fan fictions of all time about Boba Fett killing the Sarlacc pit with his lesbian bestie 
Ben Can you fucking Please. send that to me? No, this 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 author, I've been obsessed with them. Mel told Mel talked about them in a live once, and I've been obsessed with them ever since. Bestie, I'm, like, I'm gonna need a link. Song? Also followed by they did write a fan fiction that is Lando Calrissian slash Boba Fett. I saw that. Damn. Okay, no, because can one of you guys just like drop this person's name? I am, I am word? right now. I I'm, lurked, I'm obsessed with link. you. I'm I'm guys, I have it. Here, don't worry. I got you covered. It's in the chat. They were also the one who wrote the fucking Infus Nest um, yeah, Fennec the Shanfic. Fennec one. They keep feeding us. And this Nest Fennec what? That Bestie, was on the we... podcast! <laughs> Wait, it's the same person? Yeah! My it's god. Connected. A visionary. So I have one um, that I am very excited to do. Um, it was sent to me by a listener. Um, Din's Beskar on TikTok. So this is rated E for explicit. Um, character A slash character B. Uh, the tags are character A, character B. Um, different character mentioned. I'm not going to say who this other character that is mentioned is because I think it will give it away. Character A leaves the Jedi Order. Pre-Clone Wars, pirate character A, developing relationships. If this seems a bit disjointed, I apologize. Alien sex, character B tops, bottom character A. Um, and the summary is character A falls into a relationship with character B after leaving the Jedi Order. Is character A Obi-Wan? It is not Obi-Wan. Is this like, uh, okay, th is this a gay relationship? It is. It is two men. So are they both human? No. You said one, eight, one, one is, is an alien. human. Is the alien character the one that left the Jedi Order? No. Is the alien character Kit Fisto, Plo Koon, uh... No, no, the alien one is not the one who left the Jedi Order. Oh, is wait, the alien I'm... character Hondo Onaka? It is Hondo Onaka. But the other character is not Obi-Wan? It is not Obi-Wan. Mace Windu. It is not Mace Windu. This is Qui-Gon Jinn. It is Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Wait, so and Qui-Gon was the, the bottom in that relationship? <laughs> That bottom Qui-Gon! Um, I appreciate that no one I mentioned both... is Obi-Wan. What did you say? The character is mentioned who I said I wouldn't say before is Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan girl. Right? Yeah, so the summary is Qui-Gon Jinn falls into a relationship with Hondo Onaka after leaving the Jedi Order. Hey, yeah. I really can't with that. I just, I'm kind, kind of obsessed of, with this because, like, I don't powerful. No, like, I don't think it's inherently bad. I just think it's extremely powerful. I think it's very funny. I think funny. it's very, very like, funny. I would also love, though, if, like, Obi Wan, like, Qui Gon leaves the order and Obi Wan doesn't. Oh. And years later, Obi Wan runs into them and is like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my God. The idea of, of, the idea of instead of in The Phantom Menace, like, dying Qui-Gon goes off and becomes a pirate and then the episode where Hondo kidnaps Dooku and Obi-Wan and he's like oh yeah I got some Jedi and Qui-Gon walks in he's like hey family reunion <laughs> um I can't see what this love I didn't see what the title was the title is Eye of the Storm Nar Mars Mark Mark yeah. my friend Mark this was okay. written by Marshall Alexa play uh, play the one that got away by Katy Perry <laughs> Anyway, um, that made me lose brain cells or maybe gain them. I don't know. 
Um, thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Raced Post Bad Batch. Um, our episodes usually drop on Sundays for updates, Star Wars news, more cursed shit. Uh, you can follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Sometimes we stream on TikTok, so be on the lookout. Uh, and we put increasingly unhinged memes on Twitter. You get an extra point if you can guess which one of us is the person tweeting at any given time. Um, if you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts and also on Podchaser. Um, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts as your podcatcher, if you just pop in there and give us a, a rate and review, it's very helpful. Um, we, also, we love hearing from you. What do you want to see from us um, until Visions, until Book of Boba Fett? Uh, now that the Bad Batch is on hiatus, you can send us a question in our TikTok Q&A. You can tweet at us, DM us on Instagram. Send us an email at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us uh, in, in, our, in our brave new post-Bad Batch world. And uh, may the force be with you. And don't crimp it up. Waka waka. waka, waka.